Now let's look into Hosea chapter 8. Yesterday I said that chapter 7 and chapter 8 are one section. And because Israel is mixed, God cannot help but to, to judge Israel. And as we look at these prophets, we need to, we need to realize one thing. And that is, we cannot become like the state of Israel. And do not read the, but also do not read these books thinking, oh, I'm different from Israel. If you leave your spirit in the world, then the enemy is going to make you, make you become like this. I've always said, that your life is not made by you. When you choose the Lord, God is going to make your life. He's going to be in charge of, a, of your life. But if you choose sin, if you choose yourself, then the enemy is going to intervene and the enemy is going to lead your life. So you cannot say, I, don't, I have not committed that sin. You can only say this with confidence when you're living in the Lord. But with your own will and strength, it is impossible for you to turn yourself away from this sin. Look at David, look at how faithful he was. But in one instance, he lusted, he lusted over uh, Bathsheba and she, she committed, uh, he committed a sin. So you cannot decide for yourself to, to, to keep your, yourself away from, 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 from darkness. So be careful not to live by, the, by, by your flesh. Because we are not talking about the people of the world, but rather we are talking about the people of God. And right now we are, we are not talking about the, the other nations, but rather we are talking about Israel. And Israel needs to be able to live with the Lord. And in order to help us to, to stay away from the world, the Lord has been pouring His love upon us for a long time. And He has continued to go towards His people. But people, uh, His people have rejected Him. And now they're in a state where they're unable to repent anymore. And it is the same for us. God is coming towards you even right now. But if you do not live with Him, then you will not understand Him. You will not know Him. And sometimes you doubt uh, his, his goodness and think that you have fallen too far away from the Lord for Him to save you. There's a pastor that I know, that, which is a very wicked man. He... he committed adultery with six different women and the way that he was leading his church was a mess as well and if, it, if I was God I, I would have already killed him and cursed him or done something to him but God left, left him be and when he came to get, get ministered by me I, I patted him on the back to cast away his, his, his demons. And he screamed out loud because it hurt so much uh, when, when, when something holy was coming into him. So we don't know how much we have to sin in order for the Lord to, to, to judge us. 
But you have to know that the Lord is patient with you, and He's gonna wait and 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 uh, wait for you to return to Him so that you may be restored. And that's why it is so important for us to repent. It's one of the most elements to our spiritual spirituality. Spirituality. <laughs> the reason why you're meeting destruction is because you have ceased to repent. God knows that our flesh is weak. And of course, our spirits have, bec- uh, in the new self, is, is unable to sin. And that's why God continues to give us chances. And so repent, repentance. We do not repent because, uh, we may repent because we are afraid of the Lord. But the more you repent, the more you realize the, the, the scale of His love for you. You realize, oh, this is how much He loves me. He has given me everything that I need. I wasn't able to keep my holiness still. When you repent in this way, you will be able to repent like David and stop all sin in one, through one repentance. David was able to stop himself from sinning ever since uh, he, he committed his sin against Bathsheba. It's because he has received the love of God. And he didn't simply repent because he was afraid of the Lord. He realized how big of a sin he has committed against the love of God. And that's why he cannot dare to once again betray the Lord. So, relating to your wickedness, when you repent in this way, you will never once stumble over the same sin again. So you need to pray and you need to repent within the, the expectation of, the, of love. And as your spirituality becomes deeper, our final destination is you need to be able to confess that God is love. This is not simply a, a proclamation of our lips. But like Paul, you need to be able to see the glory of his kingdom and be able to receive his love. In Second Peter, that the beginning of, of faith, the beginning is faith, but, but the end is being covered by the Lord's love. So the most important thing for us to do is to receive His never-ending love. And the reason why we can love our community is because we have received the love from God. In John 4, 17, 1 John 4, 17, it says, You have to love your brothers as you love, uh, as, as God has loved, loved you. So with, with holiness and with purity, you need to go before the Lord and reach that level. And you need to understand His love and be able to love others with this love. Why do we have to do this? It's because God created us out of that love. And God's love contains so much worth and capacity for us to be able to, do, to embrace and love others. So that's why in all things that we do, we need to do out of this love. Only love can allow us to receive glory and allow us be, to be glorified. Do not love anything else. Especially do not love the world. 
because the world is poisonous. The reason why Israel is being uh, judged right now is because they have loved the world and not loved God. Yesterday I said, the, the, a perfect fullness of the Holy Spirit means you're perfectly separated from, from the world. It means you're completely set apart from the world. And this has to be inscribed within your mind and within your heart. If you sense something is secular, then you have to instinctively uh, uh, stop yourself from indulging in it. In Romans 1 verse 4, it says this, uh, the Holy Spirit is the, whole, the, the spirit of purity. And Jesus, when He came upon this earth and died on the cross, He has been acknowledged as the Son of God. The reason why you can keep yourself from being tempted by this sin is not because you're able to sense what is coming, but, but, you, but your spirit, when it is holy, it instinctively knows what is bad for you, and so it stops itself, it protects itself. And of course, these, these uh, appearances are different from person to person. But in my case, I cannot stand being in the world. I, th- I can't even go to shopping malls without having a, a huge headache because I've been living with the Holy Spirit. I do not, I dislike, I hate the scent of, of, of the world. If it's somebody who talks and starts to talk to me who is a very spiritually complicated person, then my ears just naturally shut off the, uh, their voices because I don't want to hear their voice. And I don't understand what they're trying to say. And this is automatic. I'm not actively trying to do this. When you're living with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit does not want your spirit to be polluted. Think about Moses. It seemed it would be easier for Moses to to free the Israelites if he became king of Egypt. But that's not how God worked. Do you think God does not understand that that is easier? If he left Moses to be, he would have been Pharaoh. But rather, God made Moses wander in the desert for, for 40 years. Because God did not want Moses to be exposed to the scent of the world. In Hebrews 11, It says Moses didn't want to get a taste of the world for a single second. This is how much the Lord dislikes the world that was created by the descendants of Cain. Do not try to confirm of the Lord's kingdom through the things of the world. This is not the Lord's way. You need to be under the Lord's reign. The church needs to be under the rule of the Lord. And that reign is this reign of holiness, the reign of, 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 of sanctity. And God is really pleased with those who are able to keep themselves pure and keep themselves holy. 
And when my children are very obedient and growing well, as me as the Father will not limit anything and bless them with all that I have. And it's the same with our Heavenly Father. When you're doing well in His eyes, He's going to bless you. So I hope that you guys will all maintain this great relationship with the Lord. So now, so now let's look into chapter 8. In chapter 7, we saw three ways that Israel was corrupted. They were like a, an unturned loaf, uh, a foolish dove, and also a faulty, bo <coughs> faulty bowl. And the reason why Israel is in this state is because they have been mixed with the world. A loaf not being turned means it has no life. And because they're receiving from the world, they have lost that, that, that uh, power of life. Like I said before, it's not because you don't have church members in the church, not because you have a lot of money that your church is dying. It's because you have lost holiness that you are dying. And you have to be sure of this. And do not be deceived. It's because my church is this, so small. It's because we don't have a lot of money. The kingdom of God has nothing to do with the standards of the world. Even if you only have 10 people in your church, if all 10 of them are holy, then there's nothing that the Lord cannot do through that church. And that, that is how God created this, this ministry. I only, I only had 7 people in the beginning. There's, it seemed like we couldn't do anything. But because all of them were holy, that's, that's how God uh, started to work with, uh, through us. And this is the essence of the church. When we talk about ecclesiology, God never said, I'm going to do great things through big churches. To those who, who have, who, who, the churches who have Jesus as the, as the head of the church, those are the ones who are able to rule over uh, the rest of creation. The rest of creation is under the reign, under the control of the church. This is the spiritual order that God has created us in. Amen. So the more you meditate upon this holiness, the, the more uh, important it's going to become for you. It is the same for your children. Do not try to raise your children in anything else. Raise them to be holy. When they are holy, the Lord will be able to do all things through them. If they need it, He will give them wisdom. If they need it, they will, He will give them power. And they will become like Daniel. In the end times, God is going to raise up His Daniels around the world. Because Daniel was holy, God gave him everything he needed to become the prime minister of, of Babylon. Even though he's living in the center of Babylon, he did not use the authority of Babylon, but rather he lived under the, control, under the commands of, of, of the kingdom of God. So you need to raise your children to be holy. Do not raise your children according to the standards of Babylon. You need to raise your children according to the ways of the Lord. 
especially the pastors, you need to listen carefully. Pastors' kids are, are, are come from a priestly family, and so you need to raise them up to be priests. The children of priests only eat what, what priests eat. And so your children need to be especially sensitive to holiness. And pastors' kids must be able to keep their holiness as well. Do not accept the Babylons of the world, uh, the, the standards of the world. If you raise them to be holy, then God will take full responsibility for your, uh, of your kids. So pastors, in each day you need to meditate how important this, this holiness is for you and always be sensitive to, the Lord, to, to God's holiness. Do not try to, to deal with people uh, outside of holiness and, uh, and, 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 and deal with them according to your humanism. You need to build a relationship of the gospel with your church members. You need to form a spiritual relationship. It is the same with your, with your partner. You need to have, have a spiritual relationship with your wife and also with your children. When you do so, your spiritual eyes will be opened and you realize that they, your children do not belong to you, that your church members do not belong to you, that all that everybody belongs to the Lord. And so you need to deal with them and care for them according to the Lord's will. And if you don't do this, because the pastor's family is very sensitive, your kids will be heavily attacked by the enemy. Right now, God is emphasizing the importance of holiness through Hosea. because holiness is the most important factor for Israel right now. And in the end times, those who are holy will become holier, but those who are unholy will become unholier. That is the, that is the prophecy written in the end of Revelations. People who are holy will become holier, but people who are living in the world will become more secular and more, more worldly. There's no, there's no middle ground. The small amount of people who are holy will go into a deeper state of holiness, but the world will, be, will become darker and darker. And in that time, when you allow an opening for the enemy to come in, then you will be completely engulfed by them. So that's why we have to look at the Lord and expose your spirit to God. And keep yourself away from the world. And I say this, some of you may ask, how are we to do that? But do not underest underestimate the Lord. The Holy Spirit within you will, will, can do more than enough to help you live that life. It's because you don't live according to the Holy Spirit that you think it is impossible. If you live through the Holy Spirit, God will make it happen. More than the joy of the world, God is going to fill you up with more happiness, more joy that is incomparable to the joy of the, of the world. Today, you, you shouted and you screamed in joy and happiness with the Lord. 
God will help you to live every day with that kind of what with that sort of happiness. So now let's look at verse one through three. The reason why Israel is being judged is because they have thrown away the Lord's covenant. Put the trumpet to your lips. Verse 1. God spoke this to Hosea. The, the watcher has to blow the trumpet to, to notify the people that the enemy is coming. Hosea was the last prophet for northern Israel, and that's why God is using him as a watcher and to, to announce that, that war is coming towards Israel. To the church also, God has bestowed the duty of the prophet. And need to, we need to let the world know that this war is coming. Whether they listen or not, it is up to them. But we need to notify them that the king is coming. Right now, the world is saying that the... Well, why these natural disasters are happening it is because of global warming and climate change but these things are not happening because of climate change it's not because of the uh, of physics and something internal internal that is happening to the earth that, that these things are happening but rather this change is happening to earth because of what is happening in the universe this is an eschatological um, event. People think that they can understand the world and that they can change the world with their actions. And that's why they, they try to, to lessen fuel usage and they, they think that if they protect nature, then that, that this earth will never perish. But that's not the case. No matter what humans do, they cannot stop the second coming of the Lord. They cannot stop the judgment of Israel. Amen? And I'm not saying to destroy nature. But don't think that if we save nature, it's going to save the earth. What is happening to earth right now is in correlation to what is happening to the rest of the universe that is under the reign of God. Right now on this earth we have tides. The reason why the water has tides is not because of something internally. It's because of the gravitational pull of the moon that we have tides. And the reason why the moon is, is, is orbiting around the earth is because we are all connected into the sun. We are a part of the solar system. And all the strength of, the gravi- uh, of gravity that the sun has is, in, is connected with the rest of the Milky Way and the rest of the universe. So the whole universe is working, is connected to one life. And God is the head of this universe. And, but, God, but God has given His duty, the right to reign over this universe upon the church. So the spiritual order is God, church, universe. So the church is not in, in charge of just uh, their, their regions or their world. But rather, we are in charge of the whole universe. Isaiah 44 uh, speaks about this clearly. 
So you have to realize how, what, what, what sort of scale the Lord has given to the church. So how can you continue to manage all this with your little, with your small faiths? All you think about is yourself, your church, your families. Then God will be, God will feel very confined, because God has given the whole universe to the church. But you're, but yet you're still focused on yourself. God is in charge of every flow and every trend of the of the universe. And he has trusted, entrusted this universe to the church. So the church is tremendous. In Psalms 150, God is praising the Lord in the sanctuary. But all the angels that were scattered across the universe came together to, to worship, to partake in his worship. All the angels that are scattered across the universe are, 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 are following the command of, of the Lord. But when David sings, all the angels that were scattered across the universe would sing together with David. And it's, this does not happen to me every day. But there are, at, but there are times that the, the angels do this with me as well. Last time when I was uh, ministering in Africa, the, 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 the angels of praise came, came upon the conference and so the whole conference was filled with this anointing of praise and the presence of praise and the people were turned upside down in worship so this is the authority and power that God has given to the church because the church is a part of the heavenly assembly in Hebrews 11 verse 12 is that the, that the church and everybody that is a part of the church is, is a part of the Lord's heavenly assembly. So even though humans are nothing, but God has given them all of His glory and He has given them His grand scale. So you, need to, you have to realize how big your scale needs to become. You need to realize how much God, has, God is giving you right now. So do not try to, 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 to shrink that scale that God has given you. Amen? Let's move on. So as the prophet Hosea is, telling, is, is announcing that war is coming to, to Israel, an eagle is over the house of the Lord. So right now, uh, this eagle is, is representing Assyria, and Assyria is to come and, 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 and uh, take over Israel. In Deuteronomy 28, it talks about blessings and curses. God said that if you continue to disobey me, then your enemy will come over you like an eagle. When you look at the nations that attacked Israel, most of the nations represent are represented by eagles. Recently, Germany persecuted Israel, right? And the, sig uh, the symbol, 
the, the emblem of, of Germany is also an eagle. So this is how, uh, how fearful the, the word of the Lord is, that he would prophesy about this way uh, beforehand. So where is this eagle heading? He's heading over the house of the Lord. So you can say that the house of the Lord is Israel. But also, Hosea said that it is the house of the Lord. And it is because Israel, the temple of the Lord is in Israel. And when you look at this scripture, um, pastors like me will get a shiver in your spine. Because God has raised churches in this last in the, in the end times to, 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 to defend the Lord's holiness. He built these churches for His own glory. But if churches become a, a, a way for the, for the people to become corrupted and be, be influenced by the world, then the church will become a standard of judgment for the world. In Ezekiel, It says, when, when the Lord is going to come and judge, judge the world, the, the people that, is going to, that are going to be judged first are the religious leaders, the pastors, the elders. And I always keep this message in my mind. Never once did I declare that I wanted to become a pastor before the Lord. I actually said I did not want to become a pastor. I said, Lord, I never want to become a pastor Because my eyes were open to the Bible already. And according to the prophecies of Malachi, I knew that if I did wrong as a pastor, I would be cursed. So I said, Lord, I, don't, I do not want to become a pastor. And I, when I married my wife, she said she wanted to become a pastor's wife. And I was shocked. And I told her, do, do you not realize how how difficult it is to be, to be a pastor. When you, if you come to Korea, you'll realize that most of the buildings have a cross on it because there are so many churches. There's so many churches in Korea. There's over 50,000 um, churches in Korea. In Korea, there's a lot of cafes. And the, the amount of churches are... The number of churches are similar to the number of cafes in the world. That's how many churches are in Korea. That means it is, it is easy to, to build churches in Korea, almost as easy as building a cafe. And I'm not sure, but, but during my time in seminary school, around 80,000 uh, pastors were ordained every year. Is that a blessing? I'm not sure. For a while, I said this to my, my church members. I said, earn a lot of money and give some to me so that I can pay uh, these seminary schools to be shut down. According to the, the prophecy of Joel, because they're pumping out so many unqualified pastors, they're, they're uh, taking away the worth of, the, of some true pastors uh, such as I. And back then I was a little bit arrogant, but not as much as anymore right now. But anyways, <clears throat> so what is the problem here? 
the, God wants to uh, purify the world through these holy churches, but He cannot because there are not many holy churches anymore. So as a pastor, you have a heavy burden on your shoulders and you cannot burden this weight by yourself. And that's why you need, you need to rely on the Lord and let the Lord uh, minister your church. And the calling given to the church is also very important and very, very big in scale. God has entrusted the, the reign of the universe to the church. So that's why you need to give your life to keep this holiness. If you do not have a calling to be a pastor, then it is important for you to receive this calling as the first step. If you think maintaining this holiness is difficult and hard and you don't want to do it, then you are not called to be a pastor. You need to regard maintaining this holiness as a, as a very natural thing. It, it needs to become easy for you to give up the things of the world. And kneeling before the Lord to pray every day should, be, should bring happiness to you. And my church members are here. If I am not holding conferences, all I do every day is to stay within the church. I do not go anywhere but the church. Because that's my life and I'm the most happy when I'm in the church. If you do not have that joy, then you're not called to be a pastor. A pastor has to live in this way. It is the same in the Old Testament. The priest never leaves the, the, the temple And that's why the priests retire early because they live their whole lives in the temple. And they live a life completely set apart from the world because they have to maintain holiness in order to, 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 to be in charge of the offerings lifted to the Lord. I have said this before. When can I confirm myself as a high priest? How can I confirm? When can I confirm with this in the Lord? It's not when you are, are, are going through the rituals of offering. But you're able to confirm of your, of your position as a high priest on the Day of Atonement. On the Day of Atonement, what does the high priest do? He takes off his hat, he, gives, he takes off his vest, his ebot, and his outer garments. He takes off all of his clothing. He only wears the inner, inner garments, the white linen garments, and goes into the Holy of Holies. And when he is able to survive being in the Holy of Holies, that's when he can confirm that the Lord has called him to be the high priest because he, has ho he is maintaining holiness. That's how they can make sure that they are the high priest. And it's the same for the pastors as well. You need to take off all of your clothes and take off all of the burdens of your ministry. And you need to go into the Holy of Holies as a single spirit and confirm of your holiness.
if you live without confirming of your holiness before the Lord, then at some point you will become corrupted. Especially high priests, after an offering, they would take off all of their clothes and, and wash it. Because through that, that ritual, they would be influenced by the spirit of religion. But, and they have to keep themselves from being contaminated by, any, by, by, by anything that is filthy. So the high priests are extremely sensitive to the things of the spirit. And they have uh, a, a, a big tendency to, to, to maintain um, their holiness. Because if not, then they will die. Why am I speaking of this? This is not a pastor's conference. But I seem to instinctively talk about this to the people. But even, even church members, lay church members, you, you must also listen to this message as well. Of course, the standard for holiness is different from you and, the, and your pastors. But the reason why this standard is different is not because pastors are special, but because they are a huge influence to the holiness of the church. So you need to pray and fast for your head pastors. You need to pray for them a lot. My church members constantly pray and fast for me throughout the year. Because if my holiness collapses, then the whole church will collapse with me. So that's why I don't do anything in the church. I don't think anybody has an easier ministry than I have. But the important duty that is given to me is to maintain my holiness. Because if my holiness collapses and I allow myself to become immoral, then the spirit of immorality will completely engulf the church. Let's say I, I become secular, then the, the church will become secular. If I, am, I fall into unbelief, then the whole church will fall into unbelief. Because the head pastor is, is the most important figure that is able to maintain holiness in the church. And you have to realize that, that holiness is, is the secret to life in the church. And about this, I have, been speaking about, I have been speaking about this for the past 20 years. But I don't think many people understand the magnitude of what I'm talking about here. And now you need to deeply contemplate and meditate upon this message. I, I have said this in Africa. I told the pastor over there, give up your ministry if you're not willing to maintain this holiness. There's no reason for you to continue your ministry if you're unwilling to, to do this. It is not your calling. It is not your place. If you have difficulty maintaining holiness, then you don't have a calling to be a pastor. I said this over and over again in Africa. I said it, I've said it in Central America as well. It's because times are so urgent right now. God is saying this directly to the people now. He's saying it very straightforward to His servants. And so through Hosea, you need to confirm a, of, of this holiness uh, within you guys. The word for church members is saint, right? Saint means you're holy. The churches become difficult because you allow people who are not saints to come into the church. We, are, we receive this amazing love of the Lord through this holiness. But if you lose that holiness, you won't be able to receive His love. 
Why did God give Why did God give us His holiness? It's because He made us in His essence. Uh, a caterpillar cannot understand me because we are different in essence. We're different in nature. Um, if I'm to understand a cap- caterpillar, I need to become a caterpillar. And if a caterpillar wants to understand me, he has to become a human. Likewise, in order to understand God and know God, He made us into God. He made us in the same essence, made us in the same image as Him. That's why He poured His holiness upon us, so that we can become like Him, we can become God. And this is the prophecy of Hebrews 8. Is on that day, David will become like God. But if you lose that holiness, you lose that, that essence. So every day in the church, you need to deeply and seriously contemplate about this holiness. And also strictly evaluate yourselves, especially the pastors. You need to see whether or not you have a calling to be the high priest. And if so, then every day you need to go into the Holy of Holies and check yourselves to see if you have maintained this holiness. And also, during your time of prayer, you need to go before the throne of grace and also confirm of your holiness there. Amen? Let's move on. This is the house of the Lord. But the house of the Lord has been corrupted. So that's why He's judging His, his, his sanctuary. Even though the temple is, is, is filled with the Lord, but if you go against the Lord, then the Lord is going to pour His wrath and anger upon even His own temple. Because the people have broken my covenant, the temple of the Lord shall live according to His covenant, but, but the people have broken this covenant. The covenant is, is the word buried. A covenant is, is a contract between two parties and it is made by splitting an animal in half and, and having both parties walk in between the two, two halves. To signify that if one party breaks this covenant, then they will be split in half such as this animal. And a covenant with the Lord and our relationship with the Lord is a covenant, is a berit made between the two, two parties. And it means that life has been transplanted into you. And that's why Jesus shed his blood for us. And when Abraham made this covenant with the Lord, the blood was also shed. And when this covenant was made with Israel, blood was also shed for that covenant as well. So blood needs to be shed for this covenant to, to be made. It means it is not a covenant of life. And if you break it, you will be put to death. And now Israel has, has broken this covenant. Is their connection with the Lord removed? Israel can stop that connection. But God will never stop His relationship with, the, with Israel. Because God takes full responsibility until the very end. And He calls Himself, I am the covenantal love. And He... Because God decided to love us, He will maintain that love forever. Even though God, even though Israel turned away from the Lord, God will never turn away from Israel. He is accountable for them until the very end. 
Likewise, God is responsible for, for His children. And that's why Jesus came upon this earth to resolve everything on the cross. And that's why we are not dead to the flesh. We are not dead to our sins anymore. We don't need to pay the price for our actions. We don't need to pay the price and we don't need to be accountable for the results of our actions anymore. And you need to realize how amazing this is. Right now, I am pastoring. Let's say, let's say I made a mistake in my ministry. Of course, I repent. But I, I would confess to the Lord. And I would confess it to the church. But am I, in, am I responsible for mistakes? No. Everything that happens in this ministry is, is God's responsibility. Now, I've been pastoring for over 20 years now. Each month, we have to pay over uh, 10 billion won in, for salaries of the, of the church leaders. You know, we have to pay for their rent, pay for their food. And some people may think, oh, head pastor, you must have a lot of burden on your shoulders. But that's not the case. Because I'm not responsible for them. God is responsible for them. Let's say I decided a conference. Of course, it is not my decision. It is God's decision. But I do not think about all the money that goes into these conferences because I'm not responsible for the conference. God is responsible for this ministry. For the past 25 years, God never once uh, asked me to be responsible for, for this ministry. He takes upon the burden Himself. So I, I'm not burdened by anything. Never once was I too oppressed to pray before the Lord. I, I am always light in my spirit and I'm able to go and meet the Lord because I do not take upon this, these burdens for myself. This is the life of the children of God. In Romans 8.12 it says clearly that we, don't, we are not indebted to the flesh anymore. We, are, we do not have to live according to this debt anymore. All you have to do is, is up, manage, uphold your spiritual duties. And that is to maintain this, this relationship with God. But many of you are too burdened. And strictly speaking, this is unbelief. You have to leave it, for, leave it to the Lord. But you're not leaving it to the Lord. You're, you're taking it upon yourself to be burdened. You know, your, your families, your children. I can only imagine how heavy and how difficult your lives are. It's because you have been, you are religious. You have become religious. You cannot sense the grace of the Lord. And it doesn't matter what religion you fall into. It doesn't matter. They're all the same. Being a monk is the same. Being a pastor is the same. Being a, 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 a priest in, in the Catholic Church is the same. If you fall into a religious, religious life, then no matter what you do, the outcome will be the same. So whether you go to temples or you go to the to, to Catholic uh, churches, it doesn't matter. And actually, it's, it's actually worse if you come to the church if you're a religious person. Just go to temples. And there are some luxurious and, and fancy temples in Korea because they're rich and they feed you well. 
and all you have to do each day is to to to, to bang on those those wooden uh, bells and to bow down before Buddha a couple of times, and you'll be fed well. So if you want to live a religious life, go to go to temples. Do not come to church. And but there's no meaning behind a religious life. Right now, when you receive this great uh, grace of the Lord, then your spirit will be amazed. And you will feel light because the Lord takes away all of your burdens. Then what do you do with all the strength you have left? You pray. You pray before the Lord. But because you're so heavily burdened, you're unable to pray. But that's not the way that God made us. And never the once that He required this from us. He has never given us this burden. One thing that he has said is just believe. Just believe and it will be done for you. Can you do this? It's because you're so burdened that you cannot believe. Because you want to do everything yourselves. And then how can you believe in the Lord and trust the Lord to do it for you? So this morning you need to cast away all of your burdens and believe that God has taken away from you, taken it from you. He knows you better than you know yourself. He loves your, you, your children more than you love your children. He loves your church members more than he, uh, you love your church members. So Lord, do it. Do it for me. Cast it away to the Lord. <coughs> 34 years ago when I met the Lord, the first training that He made me do was, was to, to train me to stop. Train me to stop when God is not working. And he trained me for 13 years regarding this. All he required from me was to pray. So, so that's why when people come to, my, uh, to, to our church, the first thing that they become is they become unemployed for a while. Why does, uh, why does God make us walk, uh, uh, go, go through this training? It's because of his love. He wants... He loves us so much that He wants us to understand what it means to live in grace. So that's why right now, no matter what happens, I do not bat an eye. Because God is responsible for everything that I do. And whatever I say, every spoken word that comes from my mouth is also, uh, also His responsibility. And that's why I can proclaim all things in faith. I say, let's go forward. Let's go. Gather in Africa, gather in Panama, and it will be done by the Lord. And if, if my church members were faithless, then they would have a very difficult time following after me. And there are many people that, that fell away from the church because they couldn't follow along. They say, oh, I cannot serve that head pastor. No, if, a, if a pigeon tries to follow an eagle, his wings are going to be ripped off. I'm very thankful that you guys are left. And the people that are here uh, have, have stuck with me. But I don't know what will be in, in their futures, but I'm thankful that you're here right now. And they have rebelled against my law. Right now it's 12.14, we have only done first verse 1. But anyways, they rebelled against my law. But being within the covenant is, is being under the law. It's, it is talking about the same thing. So what does it mean to go against the law? 
It means you have gone against all the regulations of the Lord. Where is it written? It is somewhere. Verse 12. For it, I've, I've talked about this talked about this yesterday. I wrote for them the many things of my law. When we read the Old Testament, we will know that sometimes he speaks so much in detail that it, bec- that it is really incomprehensible. Do not go there. Do not eat this. Don't do this. Don't do that. We, sometimes we wonder why did God go in so much detail regarding His love for His people. It is because His love though. It is because He loves us. That's why he would make these uh, specific regulations for his people. But when you're maintaining a good relationship with the Lord, there's nothing that is more freeing, more comfortable than being under his regulations. Let's say you have a two-year-old. And you put him in the middle of a busy, busy street. then this child would walk three kilometers in an hour. It's, it's quite amazing, right? But if you put that child in the wilderness, he won't be able to move. He will stay in place. What is this saying? Humans are free when they're within the confinement of the Lord, within the framework of God. What is freedom then? Freedom is not the ability to do whatever you want but it's being completely immersed in the Holy Spirit. And just like how a fish is free when it is in the water, we are free when when we're within the Holy Spirit. So when you have a correct relationship with God, you will be happy and you will be comfortable knowing that God has made these regulations for you. You If you think that you you have complete complete liberty to do anything, then you would feel lost, actually. But when you're under the law of the Lord, you don't have to make your, up your own mind. You don't have to, 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 to make your own plans. And that is the, the, the happiness of Israel. But now slowly this, the world has come into Israel. And the, the Lord's laws have become uncomfortable. Children, when they're younger, it, it's easy for them to listen to the, to the orders of their parents. But as they get older, they start to form their own minds. And they become complex. And and the words of their parents start to feel like nagging to them. They think it is nagging. But the parent has already experienced all of the stages of life. And so they know exactly what the child should do and shouldn't do. So a good child is is an obedient child. An obedient child lives a good life. As soon as the child thinks that what the parents are saying to them is nagging, then that's when their life will start to walk, will be led astray. And of course, there are bad parents also. But I'm talking about the parents that are walking on the path of the Lord. In the Bible, it says that the, the, the parents are the representatives of the Lord that they are your guardians in place of God. So, if, if you're obedient to your parents, then you are also obedient to God. 
So the important thing is when Israel is walking with the Lord correctly, these regulations and these laws will be very comfortable to follow. Like how a fish is completely immersed in water, when a child of God is completely immersed in the Holy Spirit, when he, when he is completely immersed in, in the Word of the Lord, he will sense this freedom and sense this happiness. But the worst thing that the Lord can say to you is, do as, do as you wish, do whatever you want, I do not care for you anymore. But as a, as a child is, is, is unable to move in the wilderness, we won't be able to move as well when, when there's nothing around us. But when you're under His law, you will be able to move anywhere. You will be able to do all things and you will be comfortable within Him. And when you sense this com comfortability, you're, you will know that I'm in, you're, you're maintaining a good relationship with God. But when you receive the world, even God's voice will, 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 will sound like nagging to you. In Proverbs, it says, those who are foolish uh, do not listen to the, to the words of the Lord. And it says the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. So when to receive, have a fear of the Lord and listen to Him. And there's nothing in this world that brings us more wisdom than the word of the Lord. So there's nothing that you need to create out of your own thinking. Because this word is the... the the best wisdom in this universe and this word is what is in charge of this universe and it is the greatest glory of this universe so what else do you need? all you need is this word and you need to sense that, that, that you're getting more comfortable with the word of the Lord now let's move on to verse 2 I really wanted to finish Hosea so that I, that I don't have to come here next year, but that doesn't seem to be possible. Well, let's finish up to verse 3 uh, this morning because I'm starting to get hungry. <clears throat> don't you think your, your pastor is very fleshly? But it's true that I'm getting hungry. Verse 2, Israel cries out to me, Our God, we acknowledge you, So it seems like Israel is repenting after listening to the, 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 the words of Hosea. And Hosea is prophesying that Israel will come back to the Lord once they hear this, this, this uh, prophecy of judgment. But is this prayer right or not? First of all, it is a positive thing that they are crying out to the Lord in the midst of difficulty. There are many people that are unable to cry out to the Lord in the midst of, of, of difficulty. And many times when these things come before you, many people think about the, this absolute being. And they would were, they were, they were groan and cry out to the Lord, to this absolute being. But strictly speaking, this is not repentance. It's simply that they need to hold on to somebody that is stronger than them because they have met their limitations at the moment. Because repentance is a, is a process where you encounter the Lord and you're able to see yourself clearly. This is the most important element of repentance. When we look at the prodigal son, 
the prodigal son uh, decides to go back to the father. The original text says he came, he came to himself. Which means he decided to go back to the father because he finally saw himself. What does this mean? It means if you lose the Lord, you also lose yourself. If you lose yourself, you also lose the Lord. And conversely, repentance means you're meeting the Lord and you're able to see yourself once again because you're returning to the Lord. This is a true repentance. So when hardships come to you, no matter how much you beat on the ground and beat on yourself, you're not meeting the Lord. You're, and you're, you're unable to see yourself clearly. You're just meeting your limitations. So look at the prayer that Israel is crying out. Our God, they say. So who is their God? Is, is, is Baal their God? Is their idols their God? So because they have been serving other gods, they shouldn't say our God, but rather, Lord, we dare to... We dare, can we dare to come before you? That's, that should be their prayer. And rather than saying, we acknowledge you, they should be saying, Lord, we have broken your covenant. So, so this is a, 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 an incorrect repentance. So even though they say they, that we, they say that they acknowledge the Lord, they have not served the Lord up until now. They have been serving other gods, serving other deities. So they should be saying, Lord, we have turned away from you. We have served other masters. So Lord, would you forgive us? That's what they should have prayed for the Lord. That's the type of repentance that the Lord was looking for. Hose, throughout Hosea, God has been saying to Israel, you need to put in every effort to, to know me, press on to acknowledge me but they have rejected his words. So they should be beating on, beating on this chest. Lord, even though you have spoken to me, I have, I have, we have rejected your words. We have, we, we have turned against you. We have turned against you. That should, have, that should have been their confession. So this is proof. Their prayer is proof that they have not met the Lord in the midst of this hardship. This is a very um, unapologetic and uh, hypocritical prayer, uh, hypocritical repentance. There's no person on this road that will not be able to see themselves after seeing the Lord. So only when you have encountered the Lord can you truly see yourself and see what is wicked, see what is filthy within you. Your spiritual eyes need to be opened. So if you're still, still unable to see yourself, then it's because of your spiritual bind. You're unable to see how much you're bound, why you're unable to pray before the Lord, why you still desire for the world why you're still deceived by, en by the enemy, why you're still confused. You, can't, you cannot see that. And you live still holding, still uh, wi with, these filth within you, with this filth within you. When you look at the state of evil within you, then you would be in pain. And you would see that the only thing to resolve this, this filth is the blood of Jesus. The reason why, many, why pe many people don't know the power of the blood is because they're in the state of darkness all the time. When light shines into that darkness, they will see their sin and they will realize that the only thing that can resolve the sin is the blood. In Psalms 115, one, David confesses that his sin is before him. He realizes that sin has life. 
and, and that's why it is painful. And that's why even be, even in the Old Testament, he was able to see beyond into the future and see the, the, the power of the blood of Jesus. And he was able to confess that all of his sins have been resolved by the Lord. And it's because he has seen his own sin and he knew he knew that he needed the blood of Jesus for it to be completely erased. And that is the power of the blood of Jesus. So true repentance is seeing yourself and receiving the power of the blood of Jesus in faith and being completely resolved in, in the, through the blood of Jesus and, and being made righteous in Him. Let's move on. Amen? Let's move on. So this is uh, incorrect repentance. Verse 3. But Israel has rejected what is good. So I've talked about this yesterday also. In, in these difficult times, in the midst of hardships, the first thing you have to do is acknowledge the goodness of God. If you do not acknowledge His goodness, then you would complain and groan. But when you're met with hardships, you have to, to acknowledge the Lord's goodness and realize that God wants to do something in you through this hardship. In Romans 8, 28, it says that those who love the Lord, those who are called by Him, well, everything will be integrated into the goodness of God. So because you love God, no matter what situation comes before you, you realize His good intentions behind that hardship. Amen? Then what would happen after that? You would be able to accept that God knows you very well. Oh, God knows about my hardships. God knows why I am in, in the midst of poverty right now. When you acknowledge His goodness, you acknowledge the fact that God knows about your struggles and knows about you. Then, then the problem is resolved. You realize and you're able to see yourself and meet the Lord. Normally, when people face difficulties, they do not acknowledge the Lord and they try their best and struggle to, 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 to fix and resolve that issue for themselves. The people of God first need to acknowledge the Lord. And naturally, the Lord will let you stop. And you are motivated to let go, give up everything you have. You give up all of your motives to try to resolve this issue yourself. Says, in the Bible, it says you need to cast everything to the Lord. So you have to cast your burdens to the Lord. And when you cast your burdens to the Lord, you will sense this pressure and everything that, is, that has been tormenting you be, be lifted away from you. And this, is, this, is, this, this means that the, the energy of your flesh is being taken away. And in place of that, you will be filled with the strength of the new self. And it becomes easier for you to give up yourself, surrender yourself to God. So acknowledging, acknowledging the goodness of the Lord, it should be the very first step you take when, when you're faced with these situations. To believe in His goodness. To believe in His, in his, uh, 
twist, to believe in his twist, to believe in his faithfulness. So the reason why Israel cannot see the goodness of, goodness of God is because they do not trust in the Lord. They do not have faith in Him. They do not acknowledge the faithfulness of the Lord because they have take, thrown away the goodness of God. Because their relationship is broken. But in all things that I do, I do not doubt the goodness of God. Like I said yesterday, People like me do not acknowledge despair, do not acknowledge failure and defeat. We do not acknowledge the power of the enemy. People like me think about that twist that is coming. Just wait a little bit. Wait a little bit. Wait and see how I will stample you. I will make you pay. Because God will fill me up. God will fill me up surely. You need to activate this sort of faith within you. And there's no time for the child of God to, to, to be depressed. We cannot acknowledge the, the, the victory of the enemy. We don't have time for that. Even if you're stumbling, even though you're being, being attacked, do not acknowledge the victory of the enemy. Do not acknowledge the power. Just wait and see. I will stomp on your heads. Proclaim God's victory. This has to become your spiritual characteristic. If you're able to experience spiritual breakthroughs in everything, then it will become your personality. It will become your spiritual personality. And then all worries and concerns will leave you. There will be no powerlessness present within you. You will not receive any emotional hurts. Why are emotional hurts so bad? And it's not a bad, it's not a good thing to give others these scars. But there's no reason for you to accept and acknowledge that hurt. But when you receive and accept that hurt, it affects you, it, co it comes into you. And that person, no matter how much good things you say to that person, they will receive it as bad words and they receive it as a hurt. No matter how, how much the parents uh, care for them, they receive it as a hurt and receive wounds. So the person that is choosing to receive the wound is the bad person. But people who are spiritual will constantly think about victory and acknowledge the goodness of God in all scenarios. Then they will no longer receive and acknowledge their hurts and their, and their wounds. Because they're able to accept everything in faith. But that was not the case for Israel in this time. They, have not, they are not acknowledging the goodness of God. Let's continue. And an enemy will pursue him. The enemy here is... is uh, Hosea is using a play on words. The word for enemy is oye in Hebrew. It means... And uh, Oye is enemy and Ohed is beloved one. So they're very similar in pronunciation. And so Hosea is using that, using it as a, as a play on words. 
is because they do not all hate the Lord that they that they are being that they have become all yet in the eyes of the Lord. So it is because they do not love the Lord that they have become enemies. So when you have the love of the Lord, you have nothing to do with your enemies. But when you're in the old self, you choose yourself. Then the enemy will intervene and come into you. That is a spiritual order. When you're living the old self, it's impossible for you not, for you not to be uh, affected by, by the enemy. So that's why you have to choose the new self and choose to live under the love of God. So this is a huge issue for Israel right now. They have lost the love, their love of the Lord, for the Lord. And that's why they're on the side of the enemy. And it is true that God has sent their enemies to attack them in order to, to save them and restore them. But even if God did not send these enemies their way, that Israel would have chosen to, to, to go to these enemies. It's because they have lost the love of the Lord. So people who live for themselves, they are constantly being followed by the enemy. When you maintain the state of the new old self, During your day, you will be contacted at least by at least by 250 different demons. In Galatians 5 verse 20, it says, and that and that the that, that the, the flesh is clear because the the record of your sin is is very clear. And uh, or the, 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 in that verse, it lists out all the sins that you committed in a day. And in front of each sin, there's the article, which means that it is definite. So when you live in, when you live in sarks, you, you will commit these sins without you knowing it. When you meet people, you will commit an immoral sin. You, when, you, when you listen to the words of others, you will, you will be filled with unbelief. And, and many of these spirits will come and intervene within your daily lives. And that's why your life becomes complicated and complex. Every day, at, very, at the very least, 250 spirits will come and torment you. But again, in Galatians 5 verse 20, it says, If you receive the Holy Spirit, then all the fruits of the Spirit also come, come with Him. But, this, for, but the fruit of the Spirit only has one article in the front, which means that it all... It comes to you all at once. It is all tied together in one life through the Holy Spirit. And so it is simple. It is not complex. So it is so easy to live with the Lord. What is, what is truly difficult is to live in the world. The difficult thing is to live with these demons. Living with the Lord is so simple. But I don't understand why people, know, people don't know this. But because you don't understand this, you're unable to resolve your spiritual bindings. When you live with these demons, you have to realize that your, your spirit becomes very complicated. I don't know why you still live with them though. Maybe it's because you have lived with them so long that you have become familiar with them and they have become your friends. I've met many, many, many people that have made friends with their demons. Aren't you sick of them? But when you live with the Spirit, everything is simple. Everything is easy. It's easy going. You're filled with power, filled with authority, and it's amazing. But why do you choose to 
walk on the path of uh, complications. So, uh, our church members, throw away all of your demons and leave it here in Malaysia before going back to Korea, okay? Because Pastor Raymond is filled with power. He can deal with these, with these demons, with these spirits. I am losing my power, so I don't want to deal with these uh, spirits anymore. Hallelujah. So we're going to end the sermon here. Let's pray for a bit. We, we need a little bit of prayer right now. We need, you need to pray before uh, eating your lunch. No, I've, I've spoken briefly, but you need to unravel the message today. Receive this anointing today. You need to become a spiritual, you need to gain the spiritual personality to constantly acknowledge the goodness of God in all situations. And God is going to pour that specific anointing upon you today. So, opening yourself to the Lord and, and, and acknowledging His goodness at all times is a very important spiritual instinct. So as a saint, when you're faced face with a situation, you have a choice to make. Are you going to act out in faith or are you going to act according to your flesh? This is a choice that you have to make. Let's say you chose to go by faith and your situation still doesn't change. Then it's okay. That's okay. Continue on on, the, on that path of faith. Because when you create that flow of faith, God is going to, to continue to take care of you. So let's say you chose yourself. Then, then that situation is going to become more and more twisted and more and more complicated. And of course, as you can still return to the Lord. But the more you, you walk on that path, the more twisted that path is going to become. And you are going to become knotted and it's going to become more difficult for you to return to the right path. So it is so important for you to open up your spirit and open up your heart to the Lord. But many people cannot do this when the, when, the times, when the time comes. Let's say, for example, you fought with your, with, your, with your husband and you start to hate your husband and then you end up divorcing that husband. Then maybe, maybe in the beginning you, you, your life will become very simple because you have divorced that husband. But later on, that, that, that sin and that divorce is going to start to affect the rest of your life. Your children are going to be raised in a broken household and, and their lives are also going to become uh, bound because of your, your, your choice. And in the end, everybody's going to become tragic. But even if you're in the midst of pain, if you choose the Lord, then God is going to be in control of your situation. And you will see how God leads every situation in your life to victory. So as you have lived in your lives up until now, Your, your current life is dependent upon how many times you have chosen to live by the Lord and how many times you have chosen to live in your flesh. But it is not too late right now. If you choose right now to live through the Lord, then the rest of your life will be led by the Lord and be led to victory. I have many things to talk about in this regard.
But the reason why your lives are broken is because you have chosen to to live uh, to to you have chosen your flesh. You have chosen by your thoughts, and that's why the enemy has has bound you. That that's why you're even. That's why you're broken, and that is why your faith is so small and your your spiritual vision is very narrow. And that's why it's so natural for you to be spiritually confused, because you can only see so much with that narrow vision. And you're filled with deception of the enemy. And do not try to judge people like me. If you judge people like me, it is very dangerous. Because with your narrow perspective, you cannot see the scale of the Lord, and so you cannot understand what God is doing through me. But if you stay on the path of righteousness, if you choose to to live by faith, then all these bindings within yourself, all the brokenness within your heart, will be healed with the Lord, and your mind will be restored. Your spiritual hurts and wounds and bindings will also be resolved, and you will see how the Lord changes your personality to goodness. Your personality will change to be very uh, uh, enthusiastic towards the Lord. Thirty-four years ago, I was a very quiet person. I would not speak a single word through, uh, in a day, and I had a bad temper, and I was drinking with my buddies. And when I drink, I'm a very quiet and solemn person. But pe- my friends knew better not to to touch me when I'm when I'm drinking. Let's say uh, the table next to me was noisy while drinking. Then I would then I would walk up to that person that was noisy and start to beat on that person for being loud and irritating me. And I would take a rope and, and and bind that person up, saying, "Be quiet, shut up." That that was how bad of a person I was. And of course, this was before I met the Lord. But then this this is how much I have changed. Now, and of course, this this was done by the Lord. But after I met the Lord, because in in, in every situation I've started to to choose the Lord, God has uh, restored my mind, released me from all the bindings of the mind, and and from then on, God filled me filled my mind with His wisdom, and that's why I can give advice to all the business to all the CEOs of our church and even even the doctors of our church, and the. All the all the papers written by our our doctors in our church were were written by me essentially. I gave them all the ideas, so I'm not bragging about myself. This is what happens to those who live by the Lord. So listen carefully, young adults. Look at uh, when we look at Ecclesiastes chapter twelve. You have to remember your Creator God in, in, in your, in, uh, during your youth when everything seems meaningless. Because th- throughout your life, there's going to be a time where you are met with despair. But in that time, you have to remember your Creator God and live with that Creator. In Psalms 119, verse nine, it says, "How can a A young adult purify his own actions. It is through the word of the Lord. 
soul. If you live with the Lord and, and live your life through that word, then your life will be in, the, in charge, will be, will be led by the Lord. And He's going to lead you to do great things. So young adults, you need to keep this word within your heart. You will become very influential people. You will become influencers to Malaysia. And you have a lot of good conditions. Korean kids are only able to speak Korean. But you guys can speak English, you can speak Chinese, and Pastor Raymond can speak seven languages. It's a great blessing. I have to kneel before him. These are such great conditions that God has given you. So I am sure that God is going to use you to, to influence the other nations as well. Once you start to live with the Lord, once you live with the Lord, this will be done. Malaysia, you will see the glory of God. You will see the glory of God. So let's pray. Do not pray for anything else. Lord, it is so. In all areas of my life, help me to respond to you. Help us to believe in your, in your goodness no matter the situation. Help us to choose faith. Help us to turn our, our direction towards you. And to release and unravel a lot of things within us in this conference. Change our personalities. Help us to go into true freedom. And help us to repent. Lord, would you anoint us?